0: You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production.
1: Hey, hey, everybody, it's Randy Simone, and thank you so much for once again tuning into Being Free with Simone. I missed you all so much. I know I took a brief little break, but hey, y'all know how it goes. Mental health always comes first. And if I don't feel like I'm in the space to put out a quality episode, I'm not going to do it just for the sake of pushing something out, because then it's going to be a snooze fist. And I want to give you all content that is going to make you want to come back, so Here on Flawless Noises Media Network, we always make sure that mental health and physical health come first. And I always appreciate you all for the support and understanding if a week comes up and there is no episode as expected. So let's move right along and get to our guest today. I know you all, Some people have made some comments, but, you know, my heart is really where my heart is. And it's always the home team that is ready and willing to hop on. And that's just what we do. St. Louis always shows love. Not saying that other cities don't. If you all want to be on the podcast, you all can always hit me up with a topic that you're interested in and we can go from there. But St. Louis always comes through to represent. So I'm going to shut up and let my guest go ahead and introduce herself. Thank you, Randy.
0: I am Bree Rich. Like you said, I am from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I am a lot of things. I am a trainer. I am a mom. I am a healer. I am an advocate. I am a student of life. Um, I am a mindset coach. There are a lot of things that I have my hands in and hats that I wear. And I want to take this time and say thank you so much for having me on Being Free With Simone and sharing your healing journey with all of us and letting me be a part of the conversations that you're starting.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I reached out to Brie. Um, I definitely knew that with Bree's energy and we always have like such great, you know, conversation back and forth on the social media platforms. And I definitely wanted her to be a part of the podcast. So when I thought about this, I actually had my information wrong when I first hit up Bree to do this podcast, but she, with to do this particular episode, but she politely corrected me and it still worked out, you know, for a great topic. I wanted to talk about daddy issues. And the great thing is that we both have two different sides of daddy issues that we're gonna touch oh, on. now <laughs> we all got
0: daddy issues. Listen,
1: so <laughs> no. my experience comes from daddy issues that stem from my biological father not being in in the household and in my life. Bree's experience is from her dad actually being there. So I, when I think about daddy issues, I never thought of that side. So it's going to be really great to hear Brie's side of this conversation and hear some of the things that created quote unquote daddy issues for her. So Brie, you ready to dive into this conversation?
0: Yes, let's get into it.
1: Okay, so I'd love for you to open up the conversation for us and kind of briefly describe what life looked like for you growing up with your biological father.
0: So just a little bit of background about kind of my family dynamics. I am the daughter of um, a pretty well-educated, I would say, um, set of parents. They were married. Specifically, um, way before I was born, they had a total of four children. I am four of four across different um, generations, really. So my parents are a little different. They're older than some of the parents of my generation. I'm a millennial. So some of the parents of my generation are normally Gen Xers. But my parents are boomers. So they had both Gen Xers and my millennial self later on down the road. Wow. Wow um so with that my parents were married for a total of 39 years they got divorced my freshman year of college um I guess you could say they really did they stayed together for their kids and then they separated when all of us were grown basically um that I would not say was the best approach because they did not have the healthiest of relationships so I was I grew up in a two-parent household But it was a toxic two-parent household. It wasn't a healthy two-parent household. Mm -hmm. Um, So in my experience, though, growing up with my father in the house, my dad, my earliest memories of my dad, there was a lot of love there. But later on in our relationship, it kind of turned sour, I guess you could say. Um, Mm -hmm. My dad was, he was charming. He was funny. He was smart um he was charismatic like he was involved in a lot of like political type campaigning and things like that so he knew a lot of people he had a lot of friends um and he was also abusive and and controlling and angry so these are things that I kind of grew up with in my household to think was a normal occurrence um There were times when he and my mom separated throughout my life, but ultimately, like I said, they didn't get divorced until I went to college. So that's kind of of my growing up experience with having a toxic two-parent household. There were a lot of influences that weren't necessarily the most positive in shaping my thoughts and attitudes in relationships Mm -hmm. with others. And that kind of popped out in my early 20s. As I started coming into myself, Ooh, a lot of those experiences popped up. Triggers started popping up all over the place. Ooh,
1: we gonna get into that, cause baby, <laughs> <laughs> cause baby. <laughs> okay, so you so you had the two parent household, you know, and you bringing that up made me think about a comment I saw on Twitter the other day, and it's been this thing for a minute that people think that two-parent households automatically mean you're growing up in a loving household and
0: that's
1: so not the case people People want that of course but
0: of course that's the ideal that's what people think that they're doing sometimes but no That's not what ends up happening a lot of times. I ask my mom often, like, girl, what were you even, like, what was that about? Like, what were you thinking? What was going through your head in having your daughters in an environment like this? So, like I said, Mm -hmm. they have four kids. Three of us are girls. So Mm -hmm. you have three daughters growing up in a situation where it doesn't look like they have that many options for doing something different or making different choices. Mm -hmm. But that also draws a point for me that I recently came to in having a conversation with my therapist. Mm She had made clear to me with those generational gaps, our choices are different. So like as a boomer, Mm -hmm. the choices she had as a woman are completely different than the choices I have as a millennial woman.
1: Facts. Yeah. I don't even have kids and I can I can vouch for that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so my my experience was quite different. My parents, I was the I was the planned baby. Um, my parents got together in college. My mom, actually, like a dummy, um, a fool in love, if you must, dropped out of college um, not long before she was due to graduate to go chase my daddy across country girl (laughs) they were (laughs) they went to school in Mississippi and he was like he had to go out to California he was in the search or something like this so yeah she was you know nose was wide open to get my man okay (laughs) no that's right but and if she heard it she probably gonna be like girl get my story right but whatever (laughs) (laughs) like you. She didn't graduate college. Sorry, mom. <laughs> because she was chasing behind my daddy. Like that's what it was. <laughs> um.
0: So, whatever. Face the of authenticity. <laughs> okay, we tell the truth.
1: They ended up married, and actually, I was not their first birth. They actually had twins before me, a year before me. Um. Technically, eleven months before me. Um. I wasn't, you know what, see, that's what, that's why you, we all get into that kind of stuff because then you start messing see? stuff up. 13, now. We said the 13, truth. We tell the truth. <laughs> I think somewhere, somewhere between 11 and 13 months before, <laughs> somewhere around there. Around the year, approximately. They, a year approximately, approximately, yes. They had nice. a set of twins that unfortunately did not make it. So then I came along, but like I said, you know, they were married, they were finally, they were had moved to St. Louis, you know, my dad, he was done with the service cause that ass had went while, <laughs> So he was completely done with the service by the time I came along. And yeah, they planned me and, you know, I came along. Now you brought up that there was a lot of love from your father early on and I definitely got the same like no one could tell you that that man did not love listen him. okay my <laughs> mom
0: tells a story about how I would always try to go with my dad mm-hmm. and no matter what she was doing
1: or what she wanted to do my was, answer was, was daddy go daddy go daddy
0: go I didn't go with my dad
1: I was a daddy's girl you know yes. I was crazy about him, he was crazy about me. So once everything shifted, you know, a lot of people couldn't believe it because they were like, there's no way that, you know, this man could have abandoned this little girl that he was so crazy about. But at age six, my parents split. I did not see him for a year until he rode up to my daycare the old school babies know all about La Petite and how La Petite was all over, all over the place. So I was at La Petite and he rolled up in there on my seventh birthday with a Polly Pocket. I collected Polly Pockets when I was a little kid. Like that was my thing. Mm-hmm. I've always been like that kid that... Didn't let people touch my stuff because if y'all are familiar with Polly Pockets, all the shit in those little things are tiny as hell. So yes. very easy to lose is why nobody could touch. Exactly. <laughs> but I had hellas. Like, that was my thing. So he popped up, you know, my seventh birthday, brought me a Polly Pocket, and I didn't see him again until I was 18. Oh, my goodness. Um, I spent... I spent a lot of summers with my mother's mom in Mississippi and yeah. his mom, his parents actually live maybe like two, three hours from there. So I remember he would like promise me every summer, you know, that he would come get me because, you know, planes and stuff, you know, people weren't flying like that back then. Yeah. Um, so Assuming that he would, you know, he would come see me because I wasn't that far of a drive, you know, Mississippi to St. Louis is one thing. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm in this part of Mississippi and you in another part of Mississippi. You know, we all thought that, okay, maybe he'll make more effort. Never. I remember being so crazy about BB King as a kid. Yes, B.B. King, I that was my thing. And he actually was from the same hometown is bb king mm-hmm. so he would be like you know well bb's doing a show i'll come get you da, 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 da. and he never did i was definitely so y'all would
0: talk you just didn't know yeah.
1: okay. definitely talk um my mom never did that you know not leaving the lines of communication open my that's mom He could see me whenever he wanted to he could talk to me whenever he wanted to he just made the choice not to but yeah um after my high school graduation my mom and my stepdad and i actually rode up on him like we pulled a Mm pop-up on him and at the time He was with his high school sweetheart. So him and my mom were college sweethearts. He had gone back to his high school sweetheart and they have two daughters.
0: So
1: we popped up at their family home. That was the first time I had seen him since I was seven. He actually came to visit In St. Louis, I'll take that back. He didn't come to visit me because he was was doing a whole bunch of other stuff. He came to St. Louis the following year and he saw me while he was there. He was there, okay. He did not come to visit me because he was doing way too much other stuff. So today, in the year 2021, I am 33 years old. I have not seen him since I was 19. Um, I, he went to Atlanta in 2019 and 2018 and 2019 where he was living at the time with a sister and I went to a conference there and he stood me up both times so that has when been- you were there in yes. his in his okay in his yes we had met I had talked to him Every day while I was there, he stood me up both times with like bullshit excuses. So, but yes, I'm 33. I have not seen him since I was 19. So, that is what that that is what that relationship, or lack thereof, mm-hmm. um, man. But it definitely turned from somebody who was completely just crazy about me, involved, Yep. active, involved. So. <laughs>
0: To kind of mirror that, I had some pieces of that, right? So for whatever reason, my parents would always end up cycling back together. I Mm -hmm. think it was more of a codependency than anything else. Um, I would not call it love at all. It was was definitely more of toxic codependency. Mm -hmm. So I, once I became of age and I was able to kind of spread my wings, separate myself from the cycles of abuse and toxicity that I had experienced thus far. So me and my father didn't speak, didn't see each other from like 2005 mm-hmm. to about 2015. So that right. was about a 10 year block of no contact. We were in the same city for some of that time and I had no, no engagement with wow. with there was a brief period I tried it in around 2013 and behaviors hadn't changed enough on his side and I hadn't grown enough in my thought process to even try to connect in a real way mm-hmm. so that ended quickly so it was again in 2015 before I saw him again and his brother had passed away I had had um no it was 2016. Because his brother passed away, I had my first child, my own child. Um, And I was just in a completely different headspace. Me having a child sparked my healing journey, specifically. I -hmm. was tiptoeing around it before that, but I hadn't fully committed to healing past trauma Mm -hmm. and being a better version of myself until I became a parent. Because it was my thought that I'm not going to do to my child what was done to me. Because I ignored my healing.
1: That is a great point, and that is actually what made me start my healing journey. I See, do you know, were smart
0: enough to do it before do you you kids.
1: You're all right. I don't have kids yet, but my thought process was I'm that's smart. What, that's I how I
0: should have done it. I should not have been a parent first. Like
1: yeah I'm, but I mean things happen. There's no there's no shame in it, but my thought process is I'm 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 moving a little fucked up. I'm like I'm repeating shit like I'm repeating yes. patterns that are very unhealthy. I know for a fact I don't have any control over if it'll true. You I mean I do have some some level of control, but I don't know if my future looks like me being a wife and a mother. But I know that I want both of those things and if if, I want to be good at it, right? Like I, I have, to have to be good them. at it. Right? If I want those things, I have to I have to work on me and I have to rid myself of the trauma and heal through that so that I don't project what I've been through onto them because my future husband my future child or children they do not deserve an unhealed me yes
0: yes I love that (laughs) that was my thought it took me doing that before I got there right so I it kind of changed my perspective as well on resentments I was holding for my parents um so I I like to talk to people I like to hear their stories I like to know what makes them tick I like to to be a part of right. them sharing their authentic selves. Cause a lot of people don't get to be themselves in a lot of spaces. So I like for people to feel safe enough to be themselves with me. And I had finally gotten to a place where I could turn that on my parents. Mm-hmm. And I I started I started asking questions, like, why did this happen? Why did this go this way? Um, what happened during this time? So one thing I specifically remember, I remember you said when you were six is when your parents failed. Mm -hmm. My parents split when I was six, too, but they were still married. They just lived in separate houses. And so, like, it kind of became a co-parenting situation for them almost. And I was back and forth between houses. I spent most of the time with my mom, though, because my dad, he worked a lot. He was a police officer. So that was the other thing that kind of sparked for me to think about, okay, he has a lot of his own traumas. My dad was a police officer in the city of St. Louis at a time when Black Ooh. officers weren't really allowed in the city of yeah. St. Louis. So they had a house in the city because at that time you had to have you a living the- address to work in the city. So that we had a house on the West side and then we had a house in University City. That's where I went to like all my schooling. I did all my schooling in New York City. But okay. they had this house on the west side that we lived in for a couple of years before we moved back to UCU, me and my mom. So I asked my mom recently, why did y'all split when I was six? <laughs> like, What happened? What was the trigger for that? And it was because she found out he was cheating again.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: like she had, they had gone through this a few times in their relationship. And so she said, oh, I had found the lady called the house or something. And my mom picked up and moved us to the West side, (laughs) (laughs) which was (laughs) not, that was not the best idea either.
1: (laughs) She was like, let me tell you what I ain't about to do.
0: So she picked up and moved us to the West side. And then we came back because one day we came, she sold the house over there because one day we came home and they were like bullet shell cases on our porch. (laughs) So. Yeah, that, so there are layers to this, right? So they're going through their own sets of foolishness, and I mm-hmm. only understand it now because I have my own child who doesn't understand adult things and can internalize and take things personally that had absolutely nothing to do with it,
1: right? Right, right. Like, right. well, why are you and my daddy
0: not together? <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, okay
0: so oh yeah I got a little nosy I had I asked questions I like to
1: know what was going on in people's lives was, like what were you saying t- t- what was going through your head like what mm-hmm. I listen I understand and I think that's a good thing because it it better helps us you know understand them and what they go through you know on another podcast episode. I made the comment that I think we do ourselves a disservice when we look at our parents just as our parents and not yep. as human beings who go through shit just like we do.
0: Exactly, they
1: are making this
0: up, guys. Like, <laughs> I literally figuring this were, shit out? Like, and they were, but at the same time, they weren't because they were literally just doing whatever. Like, they were doing whatever they knew how to do. They were doing it, and it was not about me and that was a key piece for me in healing those relationships because at this point me and my dad we speak on a semi-regular basis i talk to him at least twice a month um i'm the only really one of his kid children that are speaking to him at this point in his life and he's 76 now Mm. he's 76 years old he had four children we're all grown i'm his youngest i'm 34 and i'm the only one that talks to him on a regular basis
1: I I understand that. (laughs)
0: But that's the other thing. Our actions have consequences. And when we mistreat people and people don't feel safe or loved around us, they have the choice not to deal with us regardless of their relationship to us. And that's something people should think about. I tell people all the time in terms of my parenting goal, I parent the relationship of me and my son, not the specific behaviors, Because say I overreact over one specific scenario and that damages our long-term relationship, that is something that I wouldn't be okay with. Like, that's not cool to me. So I think about that before I react or act out or take something out on him that's
1: not his responsibility. Right. So this next question, I want to know what influence you felt that 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 relationship with your dad growing up what influence do you feel that had on your dating life and you how you dealt with men it's
0: informed a lot of my poor choices in picking a partner Mm -hmm. I wasn't picking a partner I was picking a project I -hmm. was picking something that was basically impossible for me to truly connect to in healthy ways to attach myself to like it kind of I would say it informed a lot of my attachment disorder mm. because there were those periods of abandonment also when he was around it wasn't the most positive influence right it wasn't the mm. most positive interactions when you're dealing with someone that can't necessarily control their anger or their actions when they're angry, mm-hmm. you internalize it, right? I had low self-esteem. I was a people pleaser for entirely too long. Ooh, baby. I, would try to, I would try to navigate other people's emotional landmines. You know what I'm saying? I would try to contort myself in ways that weren't healthy for me in order to try to keep somebody else from blowing up. I and that's not you did. can't do
1: that <laughs> you cannot do that you can't you you honestly cannot and I feel I resonate with it so much of that um my dad's absence affected me more than I realized like now looking back I understand how much it affected me but of course you know as I was going through that in motion, the moment
0: yeah you don't
1: recognize it. but I did a um I formed a lot of unhealthy attachments just for the sake of having someone, having like um, like if there was a guy who I even kinda liked, so like if he showed me any type any of any attention, with yes, food, any attention at all, any <laughs> attention. Like I latched on to that and I clung to that, and it was very, very unhealthy. And I, like I said, I definitely formed some super um unhealthy attachments um I think one of the one of the most unhealthiest was um on and off situationship that I let ride for a decade like
0: girl uh, you too (laughs) because baby listen and it was we talk about my son my son was a product of that right like that was the the end of that 10 year back and forth situationship foolishness, treat you however. Like that was that, listen, this version of myself, I'm so grateful to have had these experiences to inform who I am today because Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have gotten here in too many
1: other ways i don't see too many other paths for me to become the person i am i 100 feel that and i definitely agree with it like i think i a lot i I don't regret a lot of the choices i made because they have helped mold the woman i am i am today and the woman that i am further evolving into and you you just look back like i said I just, you know, I would cling to a certain men just because they were dicking me down good, or because you know they was spending a little money on me, or because you know they was giving me time and attention. Like it was really simple shit that. Hey, like, girl, that's simple, that you know, know,
0: what really happened. That
1: would happen. Like, that's it, would, it. That, like, it was. It, and I'd be like, "Dang, Randy, that's really all it took." How dare you try and have some standards <laughs> now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, because that's when we forgive ourselves. Okay, we forgive the old versions of us that were helping us to survive, or who we thought we needed to be in those moments, mm-hmm. and we thank her and we say goodbye, girl, because we're not you no more.
1: Listen, I love it, and it was, you know, it was, it was hard for me because you know I've I've had rela- let me let me make this note real quick for anybody listening to this because I tell people all the time I don't have no exes. I don't
0: y'all, have any exes. Y'all, not even my son's
1: father. No. It's proof I don't have any exes. However even you have one honey <laughs> no but I but in this statement I I do appreciate the relationships that tried. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for one reason or another, we just couldn't make it work, whether it was because of something on their end, because of something on my end. Or and it's
0: not always
1: traumatic. we It's not always trauma. Sometimes you yeah. just don't mesh well with people. Sometimes, exactly. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, sometimes you can have somebody who loves you so deep, but they have their own stuff that they need to heal through before they can love you. And what yeah. I learned about that is I can't love you through that. I got to let you go.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't. And that's
0: okay. Because we I are not
1: responsible for other people. feelings. Nobody's healing but mine. Baby is. We are. Uh, we can only control ourselves. I'm, I'm only responsible for mine. And I uh, that was very hard for me. Because I, like you said, you've been a people pleaser for long, so long. But I'm a fixer. So if there's ever somebody that I love, especially a man that I'm laying down with and giving my body to, and it's like, I'm a fix. And my and giving my love to, I'm a fix. Same. Like I wanna do everything that I think is in my power to fix. But I had to learn the hard way that baby, you can't do that. That's not that's not your job. It's not your job. And nobody so asked you most of the time. They ain't even asked you to do that. So what and do you, you do? That is something that really had me fucked up at one point because I would do things out of love and yeah, trying to make your life easier, and then it would be like, but I didn't ask you to do that. Yeah, My hands I it would piss me off when I heard it. Yeah, because I you
0: didn't have to no, ask me, but, but yes, no, I, did. But, it's, but yes that's did.
1: true. But that's true. No one
0: asked you to do that. No, that was a choice. They Once I recognized that a lot of the issues that I was facing, in the I life of the roadblocks I was experiencing, were because of me.
1: It was me. Created it was absolutely me. Because of overextending yourself, because of not taking shit for black and white. Yep. Like, Making up these fantastical scenarios, <laughs>
0: right? Like, we, we will create. Like, we done had
1: an amazing few dates, and he didn't dick me. Listen! Like, we get married now. <laughs> <laughs> like, he really paid attention policy to get You in the streets crazy. You don't remember saying that? Like, he really paid attention to me and my niece. <laughs> of course, he do girl, because he wants some ass.
0: <laughs> he want that He's girl crying. <laughs> <family. laughs> of course he
1: does what do you mean mean, that that doesn't mean that those things are not the same oh but yeah so getting through that my um my late teens and early 20s were just when it came to randy and men it was just it was a roller coaster don't get me wrong i had fun (laughs) not me no
0: I found so that's the
1: other thing watching my
0: mother attach herself to this singular entity right like her whole life at one point revolved around this man mm. and so I mimicked it. nobody told me this isn't how you do this you should look for people with like interests and people of the same stature, and people that have, like, you know what I'm saying? People that you have things in common with, right? No, nobody oh, told and me the that. fact
1: that y'all both enjoy sex
0: <laughs> Nobody, yep, yeah, nobody, nobody told me that. So mm-hmm. I found the one person imprinted almost. Like y'all seeing y'all watch twilight. I imprinted on the man, but <laughs> like he could not get rid of me. I was like a lost puppy with the same dude. And it wasn't fun, it was like torture almost sometimes. And so now that I'm older and I have a better thought process about who I should be connecting with and partnering with, in a lot of ways, I want to have my fun now. Like that was not fun for me. I didn't. I did not sell my real. You don't get me wrong.
1: Own. There were parts of it that were super unnecessary. But when I think of how, when I when I say fun, I just a part, a lot of that was me just doing what the fuck I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And if I look at it that way, yes, that was fun because, but no, you're absolutely right. I had moments where there were certain men who I thought were my sun, my moon and my stars. And they was out fucking whoever would, you know, everybody. and I'd be at home waiting. Wait, yeah. wait. I would, I would literally like one guy literally would have me now mind you this guy lived like, I don't even know what area that's called because that is just not the area that I frequent, but he lived near Spruels. Uh, <laughs> that's,
0: that's still the North side.
1: <laughs> I lived off of Lindbergh in North County. I'm a county girl.
0: No, honey, that was North City
1: like a mother. <laughs> this man would call me and I would be at his house at like two, three o'clock in the morning. I would make that not,
0: Girl, that's not safe.
1: I would make that drive. I remember I got up one day and it was it was Brick City in St. Louis. It was like negative degree temps. Well, no snow outside, but it was negative degree temps. And for whatever reason, something was happening on my truck and one of the windows wouldn't go up. But baby, I drove over to the north side, <laughs> Freezing. Because <and laughs> I was going to get that dick that night. And I was like, why is this your life right now? Why? Is it that good? And it really wasn't. I mean, it was cool, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't enough for me to be doing all that. And then- so we were we, missing that connection, right? Like was, we didn't have, there was a hole. Listen, when I tell y'all this man had my nose, so wide, open, wide open, open, so gullible. So he would like, I I would think that he would be, he was like super romantic And he be like, I don't even want to admit this, but I'm going to admit it because I was just going through a lot at that point in my life. This is a
0: safe space. That is old us anyway, right? We can can (laughs) say these things with confidence because we're not
1: them anymore. I thought this man was like a little Casanova or whatever. Mind you, don't ever try and pull this shit on me because this was a smooth 11 years ago. So don't even fucking try me now because you'll get cussed out. (laughs) But this man used to like drop song lyrics on me and for, i didn't realize it took me a minute to realize he was dropping song lyrics on me like i thought this man was like i just he thought, thought he was a poet i thought he was that nigga. <laughs> he dropped these lines off in of my text message and i'm like oh he's all romantic Girl. And he hit me with something and i was like you know what they're saying real familiar let me drop that in google google pulled up the whole song so, Shut you know, up. I, so I started, so then I started just like, you know, copying text messages and dropping them in Google. i will be like, this nigga been sending me song lyrics. I am screaming oh. Randy.
0: It's safe. Like, oh.
1: It's okay. But yeah, don't, don't y'all listening. Don't ever try no shit with me like that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hip to the game now, okay? I probably, the the tables have probably turned and I'm probably throwing some song lyrics at you. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) So you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what is you all, your current relationship with um, your biological father? And from what it is now, do you want to see it change? And if you do, in what way? So
0: for me, like I said, me and my dad reconnected in 2016. My son was about five months old. His brother had just passed. It was his last living brother. Mm -hmm. I saw him at the funeral. Um, He had no idea I had a baby or anything. So he just saw this baby and was like, we need to like reconnect. So from there, I'm kind of with the, I've had years of therapy, right? So With my years of therapy and now years of experience and being a new mom, I was in a place where I didn't want that fundamental or like formative relationship to continue to be in disrepair. So I made it a priority for me to kind of like set my boundaries on what was going to be acceptable behavior on his behalf. And again, like I said, my dad is 76 now. So this was maybe 2015 would be what, six years ago, he was 70. Okay. So he was older, you know what I'm saying? He didn't have that same intimidation, that same edge of anger that I remembered from my childhood, so I felt like it was a safer place for us to reconnect. Gotcha. Um, with that, I kind of made it a priority for us to make better memories. Like, I didn't want the negative memories I had of him from my childhood to be the only memories that I had of him. Um. So while I had the opportunity, and Death was on my mind with my uncle passing away. Um, I'm like, we got to do something to make this better. And since then, it has been. Like I said, I still have my boundaries. I've forgiven him. I've forgiven myself um, for the choices that I've made since then. Mm -hmm. And we kind of move on from there. Like we had dinner before the pandemic. We were having dinner on a regular basis before I moved to Texas. So I moved to Texas for two years too. That's a whole nother story. But um, while I was gone, we talked on the phone maybe once a week or, uh, once every other week. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we're at with it. I try to let him ha- have the opportunities to make better memories with me. And that was what was important in the relationship when we reconnected. And that's kind of what I center now. And if it veers from that, I'm okay with not having that. <laughs> like That's okay. If it can't be what I want it to be, it doesn't have to be in my life and I made that very clear to him and we've been on that same page since then
1: okay that is very real um my relationship with my biological father is non-existent like I said I have not seen him since I was 19 years old I'm now 33 so y'all do the math um he had the opportunity to see me in 2018 and 2019 and decided to use whatever excuses he wanted to, to get out of that. Um, I had not talked to him since the 2019 stand-up until recently. Um, And not to put her business out there, but basically um, I have, like I said um, earlier in the episode, he has two other daughters with his high school sweetheart. Um, So the oldest of those two i have a pretty close relationship with the younger one not so much but we're trying to move in that direction now that she's a little older we're trying to move in that direction but so the middle um the middle daughter he recently um upset her while she was with child and basically i just hit him up on facebook messenger and i was like don't do that Because if she goes into early labor because you stressed her out, we're going to have a problem. And he he was kind of a dick. Uh, I mean, I one, I understand I came at him sideways. But two, Mm -hmm. you don't really deserve a lot of respect from me. Um, You you just don't. Uh, And I let him, I pretty much let him know that, like, I don't really hold much respect for you at this point and that's
0: fair like people gotta that's a uh, consequence of choices
1: that people make it um, doesn't feel like I have any and I let him know well I definitely feel like you deserve a cuss out and I haven't done that yet so this is respectful <laughs> this is my version so, of respect. so I do I'm, I'm holding on to a little bit but um what I I would I would like to see it change but I am not putting forward any more effort to do that. I am not the parent and I have tried on more than one occasion and what I will not let him or any other man do as I have done so much in the past is continue to hurt me. Nope. I'm not going to put myself in the position for you to break my heart again. Nope. Imagine going through that as a child and as a teen and then as a grown woman your dad stands you up again. Like that fucking hurt. Like, and I don't think people understand how much shit like that affects you. The fact that I was in the same city as this man and he still found a reason not to show up and see me, that fucking hurt. Not only did you do it once, you did it two years in a row. So to protect me, because now I'm sitting here even crying, talking about it, but to protect me, I'm not putting forward any more effort to give you the opportunity to do that to me again. You don't get to do that to me again. So if you want a relationship with me, it's going to take you taking the first step.
0: And
1: that's fair, Randy. It really is. You,
0: your feelings are valid. They are fair. And boundaries are to protect you. They should. That's what they're for. That's why we have boundaries. I learned about boundaries very late. It, it, I feel like it, I am really behind that the that curve that with that boundaries. Never,
1: um, but I have not completely closed that door because now like my sister has a child now the middle girl has a child i don't have any control over what she decides to do with that but for me if i'm blessed to be a mother one day you don't get to have a relationship with my kids until you fix our relationship yep i will and
0: that's really i will not
1: do that to my kids i
0: refuse and that's fair That it's fair, it really
1: is. And I've told him the space that I was in. That's exactly what I've told him that. So if you, you, you kind of get another chance. Like you see, people talk about it all the time. Like my parents are better grandparents than they ever were parents. I wanted to give you the opportunity to do that, but right now he's in a space where he he's avoiding confrontation because I've let it known. I've let it be known. I'm not going to do small. I don't like small talk as it is. But when you hit me up, we're not talking about small shit. We're not talking about the weather. We're going to talk about why the fuck you abandoned me. You sound a lot like my sister. My mm-hmm. oldest sister, that's the space that she's like that. Like that's what we're going to talk about. We can, yep. it's not going to all be squashed in in one conversation, but we have to start somewhere and then we have to actively work to rebuilding our relationship, but I don't mm-hmm. want to do small talk. So if you, and he's not in a space where he wants to have that conversation. So we don't speak. And that's the boundary.
0: The boundary is if we're not going to be honest and do it the way that it needs to be done, then we're not going to do yeah. it. And that boundary <laughs>
1: It's, it's shows, not <laughs> that's bad being in my life. like yeah. my mom yeah. never my mom never ever ever she never bad talked my dad and you know created a different view of him in my head never kept me away from him the door was always open for him to see me if he wanted to to talk to me so my mama never never played a part in that my feelings about him 100 come from him and his absence Yep. so if you really love me the way you claim then you are going to have to put your feelings aside and say hey my baby my rat like that was he had that was my nickname your pet man, I was, yeah I was, I was his rat girl like that was it if you want a relationship with your rat you're going to have to put your little ego aside. You're going to have to have the uncomfortable conversations. I've had some uncomfortable conversations with people I love. It's it's just a part of life. It's a it part is. Of- it's communication. You, have to, you have to have uncomfortable conversations. That's life. But I am I'm so proud of myself for standing strong on my boundaries. I'm not putting myself in that position for you to for you to play. I'm, I'm proud of you like too. Again, because
0: prioritize yourself. Clearly, they not gonna do it for us, so we have to do it ourselves.
1: You 100 have to, and I would love you know I would love to see him as a grandfather. I would love to see what that looks like, but he there's some things he has to do um and I mean you got time because like I said I ain't got no kids right now I ain't planning on having none within the next few months (laughs) so (laughs) you you got some time but that that's where I am now like you you have you have to decide that hey um but I did I told my therapist what I don't want to happen because I've seen it happen too much is that there are parents or or just people in general. We'll take parents out of it. People in general will know that they need to apologize and make a relationship right and they'll wait till they're on their deathbed. Yep. Understand me when I say, I don't care if that man is taking his last breath. I'm not throwing everything I'm out, out the window and saying, forget everything, cause you dying. I'm not doing it. And no. I feel like people are gonna look at me like, damn, Randy, that's fucked up. No, it's but not. The, at least you telling them now. Like, let me be clear, let me let it be known, time. okay? You have all this time. Do not wait until you're on your, and I mean, uh, granny, we, there's no guarantee that he's gonna leave before, me. That he's gonna leave before me, but mm-hmm. in the event that you feel like I, I ain't got no more time left, and you want to make it right, now's I, not the time. now <laughs> the time. Now is not the time. And yeah, that's like. And my therapist was like, "I never thought about that, but that's very like that's honest because it people is. people want everything all." the anger, all the hurt, and it'd be like, damn, you're dying, so now I guess I gotta forgive you and make shit, right? No, no.
0: Nice. Who said I had that. Who said and I had that's, that's fair. And so, like, I think about sometimes, had my father not been on board with how I needed our relationship to work, mm-hmm. would I have been okay with not continuing it, even though I had out, that's something that i desire you know something that i wanted for myself and i feel like i would have been i was in a space where if it can't be this then it's nothing and he got on board but had he decided not to i feel like i still would have been okay with it yeah because i'm standing up for myself like <laughs> this this is not about you this is about me it is not about you it's not at all but so I, I, you, I, I, I can very much relate to that. So it's interesting that we, we have such similar experiences, even exactly. though they have their own variations, right? Like they have their own ways that they came about. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of speaks to more of a macro piece of how men and women are conditioned mm-hmm. in this particular society and the roles that we kind of play and the... the Value that we give, you know, what I'm saying yeah. to other people,
1: and and
0: in their relationships to our lives. I think that a lot of it has to do with the traumas that we face as Black people in a country where we are not welcome, like where we're not meant to be. And I think that trauma comes out in our interpersonal and familial relationships
1: in a whole host of ways. Mm-hmm. I agree. Definitely. Definitely. Um, So our final, my final question, if you were able to see things from his point of view, why do you believe that his behavior over time has been what it has been?
0: Well, that's a great transition because it kind of speaks to that historical context that I was talking about mm-hmm. and the way that people handled their emotions mm-hmm. and the way that they kind of took them out on the people closest to them. I think that a lot mm-hmm. of his anger had a lot to do with what he thought he was getting into in marrying my mother, that mm-hmm. he didn't necessarily play out the way he had planned or the way that he had envisioned. And for him to be an alpha male in that position, like I said, he was a police officer. So that attracts a specific type of mindset, right? A specific type of person. And all of that mixed together with carrying that trauma of his job, of his race, of his racist city, of him not getting the wife he thought he was getting of whatever traumas he faced in his own childhood, he took it out on the people closest to him. And that's really what it was. And it wasn't about me at that Mm -hmm. point. It wasn't about, I was his, his youngest daughter. It wasn't about let me raise this baby girl into someone that knows her worth and her value in a world that won't tell her what it is. Right. Like that tries to tell her that she's meaningless you know that that i didn't get that and it didn't i don't think it ever crossed his mind that that's what i needed
1: either i 100 agree and that's yeah people consciously and subconsciously i think just take things maybe more so subconsciously you know just take those things out on those they love and project their their energy on them. And
0: when you can't face yourself, like when you can not reconcile the person that you are acting as, right? Somebody that abuses their wife and their children, somebody that is angry all the time, somebody that, you know, like when that doesn't line up with who you think you are, you can't see it that way. Like you don't think that's what you're doing.
1: I hope I just, (laughs) I just hope that for those of you listening, I hope that you are learning better ways to, to cope and to deal and to express, um, what you're going through so that those around you, especially your children don't have to feel the brunt of it. Like,
0: And to that, let me give a few things for people, right? Like things that you should be doing before you become a parent or before you enter into a marriage contract with somebody. These are pieces of yourselves that you should be healing. You should get in touch with your inner child. You should interrogate what has informed that inner child's thoughts and beliefs about who you are. And once you get to those pieces, you need to... Figure out what you did, what your actions were mm-hmm. that added to that. You also, you need to go to therapy. I don't care what anybody says. They say don't diagnose people. They say don't, don't recommend things. Go to therapy, people. I don't care yeah. if you feel like you are the healthiest emotional person in your life. Take your ass to therapy, please, because yeah. there are some connections that you need to make on how you became the person that you are in this moment and how you can evolve to be a better version of yourself.
1: And people who think they don't need therapy, I guarantee you there are people who go to therapy because of you.
0: I promise you, somebody is in therapy talking to their therapist about you if you think you shouldn't be there. Yep. On top of that, if you have children, please, 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 Read everything you can about positive discipline, about positive reinforcement, about learning the relationship that you need to have with your child in Mm -hmm. order to coach and guide them into the person they need to be. You do not need to control their behavior. They will learn to control their behavior on their own if in fact you teach them what they should value and hold close to their heart
1: yep i fully agree and definitely learn a lot of things from parents like you um when you share that i took away for you know when i am a parent you know we you learn as you go but you know you also took away
0: but even like you said, you're a new aunt, right? Like your sister had a baby. You're going to be a part of children's growth and development and it's so important to learn how to connect with them. Yes. To learn how to how to help guide them cuz they're gonna they gonna fuck up, we all fuck up, right? Like everybody makes choices that are not in their favor. Correct. But you want to be a safe place for them to come when it's time to fix and, and and they are open to hearing how to repair these things. Because we know people, right, that can't repair relationships. We know people that cannot apologize. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we have the ear of people when they need that type of guidance. Because clearly the people in our lives that can't do it, they don't have the, those, the right connections. They don't have the right attachments. Uh,
1: yep. You listen to Brie y'all like <laughs> listen to her um so when I think about trying to see things from his point of view um when he first left us he went to he got he moved Texas and we were living in St. Louis like I said back then air travel just wasn't a big thing like people were not flying like that you know and that man didn't have money like that to be hopping on the highway like that then he went you know he came to texas and started a whole new family so a big part of me thinks that for like in the beginning it really was just the out of sight out of mind thing
0: i i um, definitely feel like that might have been part of it i don't know your family but with me being the parent that moved to texas it took a lot. Like I was only gone for two years, but I was up and down the highway. Like people yeah. were asking me <laughs> often, I think it was really there. I think it was just why like why are you in St. Louis all the time? It was a lot of work. Had I not done it though, it wouldn't have happened either. Like being I felt obligated as the parent that moved. But I also feel like if it was the other way around, it still would have been me to have to to go back and forth. And right. doing that 30 years ago, that's a whole different but
1: and like, so, like I said, I understand that part, but then, like I said, you know, we would be in, he, he would go home and visit his people in, in Mississippi and I was in Mississippi, you know, dinner every summer. So I was closer. Um, and then I think it just got to a point where one, he might not have had the money. I grew up, I mean, I grew up a a privileged kid. Like, I literally want it for nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody says I was a spoiled brat, whatever, fuck y'all. Whatever. (laughs) And, hi,
0: I'm Bree, and I'm spoiled still.
1: (laughs) But But I didn't want for anything, so I think that maybe another part of that was like, well, I don't have the funds to provide for, like I said, he has a family at home with now a wife and two other kids, so maybe he felt that he couldn't provide, you know, whatever to me i consider that but then once i got became an adult i believe it's 100 he's avoiding confrontation he does not want to talk about anything that's going to make him uncomfortable
0: do you think that that involves any level of shame do you think that he carries any shame for the ways that it was really a, a pivot like the way that he kind of just
1: disappeared absolutely i would if if I was him, I would definitely feel shame That's, for missing yeah, <laughs> so much of my life. I would feel like you—you've you. missed the majority of my life. I'm—I will be thirty-four next year. Like you have missed the majority of my life. You have not conse- consistently been in my life since I was six years old. You have literally missed my whole life. So probably I would definitely feel shame if I have. So missed before a- I moved to Illinois
0: in april because i moved to illinois in april of 2021 right so before i moved to illinois in april my son went to live with his dad in december of last year so he was here with his dad for about three months and i felt shame i was here every month to visit him but i still felt shame Mm -hmm. about being so far away from him especially after we we are so close right me and my son are close and it, it took a lot, like I said, I was here every month to see him for three months, and I it was torture. <laughs> I thought it was the worst thing I had ever done to him. Because, <laughs> didn't you say you were driving? Listen, that is a girl. I would drive, car. I would fly, it didn't matter. I was coming to see my baby, though. That was. That was nothing that was going to stop me. So that's why it's hard to understand. But at the same time, I un- I do understand how you could feel shame. But
1: I don't understand how you could not do everything in your power to get back. And I just, I kind of feel like, you know, and that's what I said. Like, it was always so crazy for, you know, the people who knew how crazy he was about me. It ain't nothing that man would have done for me when he was, when we was in the same household. Mm-hmm. I I was I was literally a daddy's girl. So to go from being a daddy's girl to your daddy abandoning you, like what is that even? And that's yeah. honestly. So I always talk about how like the reasons I don't have kids yet was because you know well, for a minute I felt like I wasn't. Established enough to have kids. Like I always had this big thing in my head that I never wanted to like get any type of like assistance or yeah, anything mm-hmm. like from the state or whatever to take care of my kids. So if I couldn't do what I wanted to, like I I understand I lived a privileged life. Mm-hmm. I would, that was you know years ago. I want to give my kids that tenfold Like I want my kids. I don't want to have my kids wait until they're grown like I was to go out of the country like yeah. it, there's just so I think about all the different things that I want for my kids and I'm like if I can't do that then I, like if I can't do that by myself or well of course like me and their dad monetarily then I don't want to do it like because I don't I don't want to be trying to figure out how the fuck I'm gonna pay for you know stuff yeah so that was one of my reasons the other reason was, you know, well, I'm not married yet. Like my goal is to be married and have kids later on, you know, in the marriage. Like I want to enjoy a moment of no kids, no mm-hmm. bliss. Like that's what my vision is. But I never really talked about the fact that I am terrified, terrified of bringing kids into this world and they have to go through what i went through not to be abandoned like
0: that that like yeah it's scary you don't you don't want
1: me and i i know like like i said i was planned. my parents were married they did everything right quote unquote they did everything right they followed all the steps they followed the steps so I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> like, I don't if like that I don't... <laughs> if it can happen to them, I'm like, damn right. we can really Beat anybody. <laughs> because that man just looked up one day and decided he just didn't want to be with his family no more. That wasn't something they agreed on. He you left. Know what I'm saying? That was not part of the contract. He he left us. That was not something that they mutually agreed on. That nigga dipped. So When I think about it, yeah, Randy, you say you want to get married and you want to plan, you know, a kid. Like, that ain't what your parents did. And then six years later, that man decided he just didn't want it anymore. There's nothing that guarantees that won't happen to me. And that scares me because I try my best. Now I move with the how I'm. I, I have to think about things beyond the current. So for me, I'm not sleeping with anybody who I can't even see as a as a co-parent. Yeah. I understand that shit happens. No, that's not what I want is to not be married and have my kid between two homes. But I understand that that is a possibility. So, at the very least, I'm not even doing the act that could bring along a child because I don't take birth control no more. So, mm-hmm. oops, could happen because right. I'm not, I'm not, I've decided. You tried, I, but you're I, not even going to put yourself in that position. I, I, I was tired of taking birth control because I've been taking it since I was fucking 15. Sick and tired of taking it. Don't take Hi, That
0: happened to me even when <laughs> I had a baby. I
1: wasn't smart enough to stop doing things that would put me in that position. <laughs> um, but, I, I, but yeah i'm like if I can't even see you as being a co parent. i'm not even going down that road with you because. Say I have a change of heart, you know i'm definitely pro choice. But say I have a change of heart and I decide you know what I don't want to get you know I don't want to terminate this pregnancy, I want to do this. I need. To, I or you mean,
0: say, well, if I'm going
1: to do it, it's going to be now. Yeah, That's so what I said. That's I'm exactly what I my said. It's going to be on board for this being a healthy co-parenting relationship. And I can't care. So, yeah, That ter- that honestly terrifies me. And I just... But I also feel
0: like, Randy, we cannot try to predict other people's actions. There's no way right. anybody <laughs> could predict that. We can only control how we react or respond in these particular situations. So I absolutely understand the fear. But in order for us to get the things that we say we want, we right. sometimes have to push past that.
1: I 100% agree with that, You you are right. I'm with you when you're right, and you are right. <laughs> I I, I and argue. I'm not necessarily
0: talking to you because, girl, I'm looking in the mirror right now, but, and I'm honestly I can't saying argue that you're right to
1: myself. That is that is very real. That's honest and that's real. I can't argue that. That is that is very real. Because we you can't because you can't live in fear. Like if you want what you want, you you do it. You go get it. You do it. Whatever. And you always hope for the more, you know, desirable outcomes. Yes, because like can-
0: we focus. What we focus on is what we get more of. That's the and that's the law of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what what we put our our intent and interest and focus on is what we create for ourselves.
1: This is true. Yep. And sometimes we get we forget that, that this is what you put all your energy into so you literally yes. you're manifesting this you are right so that's something for me to think about and you know just work on changing my trying to thought like I said I'm not planning on making no babies anytime soon but I mean I am and you're
0: out doing out. the work man this is, this is the shadow work that people don't do like this is what gets them in those situations This is what leads people to make the kind of choices that have them at the end of their life, Mm
1: -hmm. not
0: even able to apologize to somebody, you know what I'm saying? So like doing this now is the important part. Like we are doing the work and I want everybody listening to know it's hard and it hurts sometimes, but when we do it, we, (laughs) our children and our children's children and, and the planet, from
1: here on out, won't have to. We're breaking cycles. We are. And I tell, like, I'm very, you know, honest with my audience when I talk about my healing journey. This shit is not for the week. It is Baby, not... Baby,
0: listen! The week. You gotta be a special kind of crazy to say, I'm <laughs> going to dig in and fix
1: me. Because but- it's, un- it's very uncomfortable. It is It is very uncomfortable because you are... It com- You have in order to unpack your shit you first have to be you have to hold yourself accountable and you have to be honest that you, and you
0: gotta look at that shit
1: and that like, shit is not pretty you, know. you own, gotta spread it out yeah you have to own that hey some of the shit that i do is really fucked up like that's the that's literally the first step in it step one <laughs> that, that is literally the first step and that is a form of honesty that everybody ain't ready for. Like I said, it's people out there who don't think that they need, um, who don't think that they need therapy. That's I, the other thing I was going to say is it's, and it's triggering nothing
0: for people. is wrong with them. <laughs> Us doing this and being able to be this honest and authentic with ourselves and other people is
1: triggering for people. Like they don't like to see it. And like well like and it's that it's funny you brought that point up um good you brought that point up though because my healing journey has changed some of my relationships I have lost people because my the changes that I was making in myself for the better created a version of me that no Didn't life. work for them anymore.
0: They couldn't couldn't be be told
1: what to do and muled around and, like, and I
0: was, taken advantage of anymore.
1: And it's it's um but and other people see it. You know, I like, I know you're doing your little thing or whatever. Nah. First of all, don't ever put little in front of. shit. There's nothing little about me, because it's, okay? it's big energy over here, big. you okay, kind uh, of a big deal, okay? It's, it's, it's big energy over here, so don't ever refer to anything that Randy does as little. Understand that, but no, it may it does make people uncomfortable when they are not in a space that I'm um, there's somebody very close to me now who I haven't talked to in nearly two weeks because they refuse to. Respect my boundaries and I'm like you're one of the main people I talk about in therapy but you don't (laughs) think you need therapy and this (laughs) is exactly why because here we are not speaking because you won't respect my fucking boundaries I didn't attack you I didn't come at you sideways I just asked you to stop doing something that made me uncomfortable and instead of you not doing that you just rather you just
0: left me alone alone. ain't that crazy like you would rather just not know me talk to me like that's so you would rather not know me than to stop Stop doing the thing I asked
1: you to stop somebody doing. To, love, to me, if somebody I love <laughs> asks me not to do something, I'm not doing because hey, I fucking love you, and I get it. I mean, and then I'm gonna figure it. out
0: why is it like that in the first place. Like, like how did I even get it. here to not know that you needed me not to do
1: that to you? Why do you? Why do I not know that I shouldn't treat you that way? Because people get so. People have. I, I I'll say that. Like I said, for a long time, I've been a people pleaser. So it's probably it's it's usually not new behavior. It's things that they've been getting away with that has been okay in the past. They have have always been okay. Oh, but now you got a voice, and now it's an issue. Yes, now it is. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That is exactly right. Now it is an issue, and I need you to stop. That is it. It's not up for discussion. It bothers me. It hurts me. It offends me, and I need you as someone who says that they love me to stop. Period. Yeah. And that is valid. But they would rather just not talk to you. And that's okay
0: though. Like you use the word loss. And I want to I want to reframe and redirect that that thought, right? What did you lose? Someone that will not treat you the way that you want to be treated?
1: Not a loss. I don't feel was that a loss? No, it wasn't. That was
0: not a loss. You gained the opportunity to see that people did not have your gained, best interest in mind. I gained more peace. You gain peace in your life because you no longer have to deal with something that you don't want to deal with.
1: Because let me tell y'all one thing. As someone who has spent so many years people pleasing, when I tell y'all that I stand on these boundaries now, and if you decide that my boundaries don't work for you, then that's your business. But- you, I don't have to I don't have to keep you around. Like I am, I'm not
0: gonna change my boundaries
1: because you disagree with them. I'm like I have gotten very selective about who I let close to me. Like people see me online and they be like Randy, that's the homie, but that's all you getting. Like you are not getting any closer to me than what you see online. So listen.
0: <laughs> and that's why spaces like this are necessary. Mm -hmm. People need to know that there's a person, right? There's a a thinking, feeling, loving person behind this avatar that you see, behind this social media brand that you see. And Mm -hmm. there's a way you have to treat people like us, okay? There is a standard with which you have to approach.
1: There is. Like the standards that I have set for myself and what I allow into my life, you know, I may not be all the way there because, you know, if for instance, if you ask my friend, my best friend, she probably she probably drop a, a couple of people that she tell you don't deserve to be around me. Listen, um,
0: okay, I have but, to tell myself though, like we are works in progress. I have to tell myself I, these people know, don't deserve your energy. They shouldn't even know you. They you shouldn't
1: even know, like be able to access you. Yes. And there are some people who their access does get revoked. And also, you know, as you as you heal, you have to understand other people heal and change. Yep. So one thing I do like to do is somebody is showing me that they're changing. I'm going to extend grace to them because. I Absolutely.
0: Now, me personally, in terms of grace, I like to extend the grace that I want to receive Absolutely. because I'm not always at my best. And my interactions with people are not always, you know what I'm saying, the top-notch, my best effort. It's a crazy world out here. We are all just constantly yeah, traumatized. I I'm re-traumatized
1: on a daily basis. <laughs> and I need them to know, like, if I'm ignoring you, and I ain't personal, I just don't now want I'm it's me to. It's not about you. I love you. And it's a blessing when you have people in your life who understand it because they are also I like people to who I like to focus on the people
0: that give me grace, the grace that I should be giving myself. And and that's what I like to mirror because I, we got to keep it, keep that energy,
1: keep that same energy. I had somebody speak to me in such a manner that was just completely disrespectful, not going to dwell too much on it, but long story short they didn't think that I deserved an apology for the way that they spoke to me. And I was like, well, if you think that it's okay to speak to me like that, you don't okay. get to be, you don't get to be don't in my fight. That, that is my boundary. But then their argument was that, well, you know, I'm going through stuff. Excuse me, what? I should be able to talk to you however
0: I want to. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. You should I, not be able to talk to me. me I understand you're going through what you're going through, so go through it over there
1: because you're not going to talk to me like that. But you don't even think I'm supposed to, but understand how crazy that sounds. I am supposed to brush off the fact that not only you spoke to me like I was some raggedy bitch in the streets, and didn't apologize and didn't think you needed to apologize. Or not only am I supposed to brush that off, but I'm supposed to extend grace to you because you were going through stuff, but you can't even apologize. And that's where people be having you fucked up. And, and that's why we leave people where they have us fucked leave, up. We, we leave them right there. Exactly where they had you fucked up at. And that doesn't mean that I'm not, don't get me wrong, I am not a perfect person. I have done my dirt. I have paid for some of my dirt. It's probably But that's how you that's how you take ownership. That's it's- called accountability. When you <laughs> like- do fuck up, we fuck up. It I happens. probably ain't got all the karma that I'm that I'm gonna get for all the dirt I've done. And how- we're all the villain in
0: somebody's story, and we have to be confident to know that we can
1: take ownership of it and, yes. and claim it. So you have you have to, you have to take ownership for your shit. Like, I'm not gonna I I, And And you can't rush anybody either. Like if they don't wanna be okay,
0: they don't have to be. They can they can take however long they need to be not okay.
1: To be not okay. And I really, really appreciate friends who understand, okay, Randy is having she's having, you know, a hard time right now, so just give her some space, send her some love and let her know that when she's ready, I'm here. Like that's what I need from my people right now. Because like I said, this healing shit ain't easy. It, It gets very uncomfortable at times. And there are times when I don't have like, yes, I am that friend who people can talk to about their problems, who they can vent to, who can give them encouragement and advice. And, you know, I have several people who have told me how bright my light is, how how much they miss my light, how much my light fills them up, how much my energy fills them up. And I love being there for people. But I can't be that every single day, all day. Mm -hmm. I have moments when I feel empty. So I think of it this way. We have to
0: charge. We, we, have, have, to, to we have to charge up. I have to recharge. What is the thing? You can't pour from an empty cup. No. So you have to refill. And, and I it, and and it takes doing the things that are for you. It takes working in your purpose. It takes
1: taking time for yourself to do so that. that. So then I can be that light. You know, I, love, I yep. love that. You know, I love when people feed off of my energy and it fills them up. Like, I love being there, but Understand that sometimes I need that from other people. And when there are people who refuse to give me that, not because they they can't, but because they don't want to and they don't feel like I'm worthy of that. But you need me to do that for you, you can't be around because no. you're sucking up energy that you're not replenishing. Yep. And, and that's I, not fair to anybody. I don't, do that. I, don't I don't do that. I won't do that. I will not be around people who don't fill me up. That is that is where I am. And right now, my biological father is not someone who fills me up. He could and be. And that's worried. that on
0: it. Period. He could. And can't nobody be mad about it.
1: <laughs> but there there are things that he has to do to to get to that point. Um, cause right now he's a drain, and I have a friend. And her one of her models is be a fountain, not a drain. He's like,
0: Listen, I like that. I'm gonna have to adopt that into my,
1: <laughs> yeah, her into thing my is, lexicon. Be a fountain, not a drain. Like you have to. Um, you have to give what you I want. You have to.
0: And that's all of our responsibility for ourselves. That's how you be responsible. That I that's what I think is the definition of free will. Like that is that that is the choice that we the ultimate choice. That we
1: have tonight. I agree. Well, Brie, I thank you very, very much for taking this time to have this wonderful conversation with me. I'll be completely honest. I thought that I was going to be an emotional wreck. I had a brief little moment, but... Um, you made it, girl. You made it through. That's how I know that the work I'm doing is working. Because, it's
0: working. Bitch, um, you're doing a good job. <laughs> you're doing good last job. last year,
1: I probably wouldn't have been able to have this conversation. Um, well, so, I'm proud of you, Randy. I thank you. So go And ahead.
0: I thank you for I'm, having this conversation with me. I I'm, know people don't know me from a can of paint. <laughs> I feel like I these are the things that I like to talk about. These are the conversations I like to have with people because I see their growth. Like I've been, I have been following you on social media. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know we put up this version of ourselves for the world to see, but I love being a part
1: of your growth. And I appreciate it. I love that you have witnessed it. And it's funny because some people have told me that like this and not to to say that I'm putting out of, fake like persona. No, not a fine But We always
0: want to try best I, forward. Like, I'm know me not I guess what I am a Randy
1: of like 2009 Twitter. Like. That's
0: what I'm saying. Like, I've been <laughs> we've been following each other on social media since then. We've yeah, been running so. to each other. St. Louis is a small place. Like, We know a lot of the same people, so it's just beautiful to watch, and I'm just so glad to have this people opportunity like you. to have this conversation with you.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. So,
0: please go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on the internet. Don't follow me. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> my Twitter, so I have, I periodically delete my Facebook. So I'm not on Facebook currently. Um, my Twitter is at Bree.rich. My Instagram, um, that's dot spelled out, sorry. B-R-E-E-D-O-T-R-I-C-H. My Instagram is B-R-E-E period rich. I am working on a couple of projects that got put on hold due to the pandemic, but I'm going through a total rebrand. So I'm going to do a new website. I want to do a rebrand of um, Bree Witch Consulting, um, where I offer like mindset coaching and change management consulting. Um, So that's coming up. And then I also am publishing a deck of affirmation cards so that we can continue to fill ourselves up right like we need to be refueled and the what there are proven ways to get us there and i want to create a deck of cards for black women that is like a devotional it's like a devotional to black women uh and i cannot wait until that is available definitely so that i i want that um to be coming second quarter 2022 we're working on that now. Um, like I said, it got a, a little behind due to the pandemic, but we will be working.
1: Love it, love it, love it. So, before we leave, do you have any closing remarks for our listeners?
0: Um, just thank y'all for listening. That we the listen. I like to talk. So I'm glad you guys got through this with us. And I encourage everybody to focus on their, their own healing and go your ass to therapy.
1: Please, like, please go to therapy. I promise. Even if you don't think you need it, therapy will help you unpack so much. Like, and it's not gonna, hurt. like, what is it gonna hurt? I you know, don't know what you don't know. I promise, know, just like, try it. I, know, I know a lot of people, you know, think about, you know, cost, but you have a lot of free options out there. Check with your employer. Like, my employer covers my um, covers my therapy sessions. All I have to do is pay $20 out of pocket for my copay. Like, that's it. Yep. And then,
0: oh. if a lot of them have that um, EAP program where you get, like, the first three or four sessions
1: yes. for free. Yes. Mine does have that, but they also didn't have any Black women available. So, I was like, I- that's the other thing.
0: But no, they're like they're They're evolving in the whole therapy realm. Like you can go on websites, like BetterHelp has like a sliding scale that they use for therapy. So uh, there are lots of options. Do your Googles,
1: ask your friends, you know. um, but Twitter is always very full of resources for um, our age group, I think.
0: And
1: read, y'all. Read, 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 read. Uh, but you all can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all at BNFreePod that's the letter B, the letter N free P-O-D thank you all again once again for listening and tuning in to another episode of Being Free with Simone Hi, be well be safe, be free bye y'all bye
0: y'all